0: Hey lovelies, this episode is the first in a four-part series exploring domestic abuse and abusive divorce practices in the Orthodox Jewish community. With all of the movement that has been happening to help agunos, I got to thinking about the bigger picture issues that create these problems. We know that an aguna, a woman unable to get out of a marriage because her husband will not grant her a divorce, is never created in a vacuum. Get refusers are abusers, and refusing to grant the get is not the first type of abusive behavior they exhibit. The goal of this series is to zoom out and explore the issues. We'll get first world perspectives, talk about prevention, and examine what the Jewish divorce process is like and where it can and does go wrong. If at any point during listening to this series, you find yourself relating to anything being discussed, maybe you recognize a pattern in your own relationships or those of a friend or family member, I urge you to reach out for help you deserve to be treated properly and you deserve to be safe the national domestic abuse hotline is 1-800-799-SAFE and shalom task force can be reached at 718-337-3700 you can also text or whatsapp shalom task force at 888-883-2323 both services are free Both are completely confidential. Both are available 24-7 and they are available to listen if you believe there might be a problem. Like you'll hear us discuss today, there doesn't need to be a black eye for a relationship to be abusive. If you are concerned that your internet or phone usage may be monitored, please take extra precautions like using private mode on your browser, frequently clearing your browser history, and saving the hotline numbers in your phone under a generic name with the sincerest hope that you never need it and that those who already do are truly listening. Let's get to the show. From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rivki and on today's show I talk with a makeup artist and domestic abuse activist about her experiences with emotional abuse. She shares what it feels like when emotional abuse shows itself in a relationship, the power of knowing your worth, and how we can empower our girls so they don't end up in these situations. Batya Reyes is someone who takes time to think things through before speaking. So when she decided to go public about the emotionally abusive marriage she ultimately left, it was with clear direction and motivation to help others. She does not share specific details of her story because her aim is not to shock or cause drama it is to educate.
1: So I was actually a really creative kid. Um, obviously I'm a makeup artist now, for those of you, you know, who don't know, um, I was always like finding things to color and color on. I was a nightmare, you know, um, I loved anything to do with arts and crafts. I also actually love to read. Um, I'm a very, you know, like I love to sit with an idea for a while and like, let it, you know, kind of turn into something. I did that even as a kid, um, yeah. And I, and, you know, I was a happy kid. I had friends I, you know, had, I had a really nice childhood. Um, I grew up in like a modern Orthodox kind of family. So, you know, we kind of had, you know, a little bit of like space to like, you know, watch TV and movies, but also like be from, um, yeah. Anything else specifically?
0: <laughs> so no, that, that, that sounds, that sounds really great. Um, like you said, you know, you're a makeup artist, um, and most people yes. probably know you as a makeup artist. Were you always into makeup?
1: I really was. Yeah. Um, one of the first times I ever actually had a sleepover with one of my best friends who's still my best friend till this day. Um, we actually like, she came over, I think we were like in sixth grade and like, I did her makeup, like with like the four things that I had. And she remembers that. And she's like, I can't believe even then I was like, so excited to do her makeup. I like put on a little bit of lip gloss and like, you know, tried to blend some colors on, on her eyes. And I don't even know what I did. Um, But, like, then I realized, like, as I got older, like, wow, like, not all, like, kids in, like, fifth, sixth grade do that, you know? And I just always reach for the makeup. Yeah, my mom was also actually very into makeup. She still is. Um, She's more of, like, an organic kind of girl, you know? She always does everything with, like, coconut oil. She, like, makes her own stuff even. Like, she loves that. Um, But I always, like... Uh, you know, took her stuff. Like she's like, where did my mascara go? I'm like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you know, don't check my drawer, please. <laughs> it was me.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, it was me. Yeah, I was always just so into it. Like everything about it—the packaging, the smells, the squeezing of a new tube—like it was just so exciting for me. Um, and yeah, till this day, like, you know, I get a new thing in the mail, you know, package in the mail or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, like a sunscreen, like, it's you know, so like exciting. equally as excited, you know, that definitely, of course, when you're explaining something that you're so
0: excited to get in the mail, it's sunscreen.
1: That's so yeah, perfect. It's sunscreen. Yeah. It's sunscreen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, a girl can never have too much sunscreen. Okay. That is my, uh,
0: that's, that I believe you. Damn-
1: Thank I I, def- I definitely you. believe
0: you. At what point did you realize that you could make makeup your job?
1: Oh, okay. That's an interesting question. So I actually, in between high school and college, I worked in a makeup store um, and it was a great experience. I loved it. I love talking to, you know, all the, the people who came in and, and teaching them about their skin and makeup. And I did some people there, you know, for weddings. I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, Um, like a salon where you come to get your your makeup done per se, but when people find out about you and they like you, then they can book appointments, but it's mostly a store. And I love the selling aspects. I love the brand reps and everything that went along with it. Um, And then I kind of stopped that a couple of years in because I wanted to focus on like, okay, what am I doing with my life? You know, like, am I going to law school, which was an option? Am I doing something different? Am I going to marketing? Like I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then um, I decided to like, you know, take a break from everything, makeup, whatever, from the store. And I was like, okay, I'm going to focus on school and I'll make an Instagram account on the side just because, and that was when Instagram first became a thing. I was like, I'm going to make it on the side just because, you know, it's so much fun to like post about products that I love. And it was still a hobby and a passion of mine. And I didn't want to fully leave that world because it was so much fun. But obviously, you know, at that point, I didn't think it could be like, you know, a real thing, like a real job, you know, like a big girl job. Um, so I, so I started this Instagram account, and literally over the next couple of weeks, it blew up. And people were asking me left, right, and center, can you do my makeup for my wedding? Could you do this? And I was booked with it with appointments. Like I didn't get a chance to study for my LSAT. You know, like I just literally that became my life. And I loved it. So I was like, you know what? Like, let me like take a break from like school. Like I finished my BA at the time. I was like, let me take a little break and you know, and I'll do makeup and you know, like I'll kind of like make some money and then I'll go to law school. And yeah, 10 years later. <laughs> Here Here we are, how, are today. <laughs> how's the law
0: school coming?
1: Thank you. I well, you just, know, it's going well. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna ask you how head, long ago I, that when was. I, when I when I dream at night, you know.
0: Do you ever regret I, not I, doing I, law school?
1: Um, so I can't say that. I, I always do wonder, like, oh, like would I have been good at it? Would I would I have like, you know, liked it, or you know, I always do think about it, but I've had so many amazing experiences that I don't think anybody Like, you know, most, you know, anyone really does like has like I've had a most I've I've seen the most amazing things and touching things and interactions and brides and how they interact with their dads and just so many beautiful things that will be with me forever. Um, and it feels amazing to have my own business, you know, it, it definitely does. Um, so I can't say that I would ever choose a different life. But sometimes I wonder, but I do think that I definitely chose like, a, like a happier life, if that makes sense. Like, I think, I mean, not that people who do law aren't happy, I'm sure they are. But I think you're just dealing with you know, a lot of really difficult things every day. And for me, like most days, like I get along so well with, you know, everybody that I'm with and it's just a happy, joyous thing. I don't ever feel like, you know, like, yeah, it's like super stressed about work, and in, and in a lot of places in my life, it was kind of my escape from reality. So um, it was amazing to have that, you know, somewhere that you go and always feel like you're in your your zone and element. It just feels so good for me to kind of get in that that type of zone. And it's a natural type of outlet for me. So yeah, I'm grateful that I have it. And, um,
0: yeah, that's, that's really special to have. Yeah. Really special. To have. Yeah. You mentioned this escape from your reality. Yes. Um, and some of, some of what that reality was is something that you've spoken publicly about before. Um, and I think is what we're going to end up spending a lot of our time speaking about today. Um, you went public a while ago, um, after you had gotten divorced, that you had been in an abusive marriage. Um, and these things are never easy to talk about. They're never, they're never simple. Um, but I, I just want to give you space now to, you know, talk about what, what that was like and what that meant for you going forward.
1: Yeah, sure. So first of all, um, I did speak a lot about emotional abuse, um, on my page and, you know, there was a reason for that. Um, I, I never actually connected the dots to my own personal life in that way, because at the time, I didn't want to make it about me, and I still kind of don't, um, so it's not like, um, you know, I said, hey, guys, I just got a divorce, and here's, I went through abuse, you know, it wasn't really like that. It was more just me trying to open up that space to talk about this, this big, big issue that I felt like was a taboo kind of a topic, um, but I... But what what led me to to do that was I had a realization where I was like, wow, like this is not available anywhere. There is no type of place where I can share or I can talk about my my emotions, how I feel, what I've been through, or even just, you know, how to rebuild my life. Like, you know, the different things that come after being in a situation that's like that, you know, PTSD and all of that. And I just felt like it was such a close kind of a topic, which was so sad because everywhere that I looked and everyone who I spoke to and, you know, everyone had a friend, a sister a parent, a neighbor who had been through this kind of thing, either with a friend of theirs or a spouse or even a child. And I was like, why is this so hush hush? Why can't we, you know, talk about this and all help each other? We all feel like we're alone when we're going through something like this. We really all feel so alone in our own heads and our own minds that there can't be a person in the the world to understand how how we feel because one day you you think you're crazy the next day you are like I'm so done the next day you wake up and you're like you know oh my gosh you know what am I doing? what am I you know let, I'll just try this and I'll try that and I'll try everything and you put it all on you and there's so many steps and stages that occur during this kind of thing um, and you know I just felt like people were so you know closed off about talking about these kind of things because it's such a stigma. Um, to to talk about, you know, any kind of relationship issues, or even to get a divorce up until recently. I think it's been something that people kind of, you know, didn't feel proud of themselves about. And I felt like that was really you know, a shame because you, you shouldn't get a divorce and think the first five minutes of it, like, oh, everyone's going to judge me now. And everyone's going to think I'm this and I'm, and I'm not worth as much as I was. And, you know, people are going to look down on me, which is, I think how a lot of people do feel, especially in, in our world, after getting a divorce, you know, you, you kind of are made to feel like you're not you're like, you're not worth what you once were. And like, you have just gone down and decreased in a value, which I think is horrible, because I think that the people who are brave enough to kind of make that choice, no, no matter what kind of state you're, you're in, you, you go and do that with the, with, you know, that, that kind of, you feel like the, there's a weight on you. You know, you feel like, oh my gosh, this is going to be against me, and I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to overcome because this is what I need, and I'm putting, you know, my needs, my kids' needs, or whatever, first. Um, and um, yeah, up until that point that I that I spoke about that on my page, I didn't, you know, see that anywhere really. You know, I saw a lot of things about people who. Are struggling with, for you know, like um, with with kids and you know, and and all of that is is amazing that 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 was a movement and there were so many things that people were talking about and I just didn't feel like people, you know, really you know spoke about um yeah. such an important topic like abuse and divorce and and how to kind of rebuild your life after and um yeah and when I did it was crazy to me that so many people reached out and had you know, so much to offer so much insight. I got tons of pages and pages of people, you know, and, and they poured their hearts out to me and told me what they had gone, had gone through. And it was so nice for them to feel heard and for me to feel her- heard and for us to kind of, you know, have that, that space. And, and I'm just blown away with everything that's happening now. This is like, uh, like amazing to, to see. I never would have imagined that this could happen. Yeah. You know, in it's- our community.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because what you, what you just said now about, you know, the, the, I I have never been in a situation where I've contemplated getting divorced. Um, and, and nobody close to me is divorced. So I have very little, um, experience with this um and what what just stood out to me now was this feeling of you know after you get divorced from any situation there is this feeling of being less than which doesn't really surprise me because our community treats marriage as a major life accomplishment you know the good girls get married to the good boys and if you're you know god forbid you reach a certain age and you're still single then let you know let the lord help you soon by you it should um i'm praying for you know like all of those things happen um And that mind shift to, to say, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not going to be married anymore. That must be a huge, a huge shift. When, you know, when you felt like you said that there was something missing that you felt like nobody was talking about these, you know, these issues, what were the things that you felt like were not being discussed enough? Like, what were the resources that you think could have helped you as you were going through that transition?
1: Yeah, sure. So when I was in high school, we had um, the task force come to us and talk to us about red flags and signs of abusive, you know, types of, um, you know, like emotional abuse and psychological abuse and different things. And we all kind of like did our own thing. Like, you know, we we were like, that's really sad, but you don't think, it. oh, this is going to happen to me. I need to pay attention. You know, I don't think that for every girl in high school or, you know, taking these type of, you know, this type of course, I don't think it's something that you really apply to your own life, you know, and I think that, um, you know, that's, you know, because, you know, you're, you, someone comes in, gives, you know, gives a, a little talk, and you're in your desk, it's not a real life type of, you know, type of talk where you you feel like, okay, like, you know, this is, this is going to happen to me, this just, just, you know, it it's, it's all over the place. It's happening to my neighbors. Happening, you know, to people that I that I know that I that I don't know. I and I think that um, I saw a really big need for people to share. You know that this is something that goes on in day to day life, and there are red flags that you can. Learn, um, and it's not all about like okay. There's a you know here's a little book with a picture of somebody you know doing this or having a face. It's it's more like also about how you feel and the emotional things that even like in the beginning of a relationship. Do I feel like I'm supposed to feel? Um, you know, do I feel? Like I'm always, do I have to walk on eggshells? You know, do I feel like my self-worth is kind of being called into question now? Things that you don't even see as straight out as things that you feel and maybe don't know yet, but it's just a feeling, it's just a tinge. And I think that, um, you know, it's really hard to explain that to an hour to a bunch of girls who are 16, you know? Right. It's really, really, really hard to, to, to do that. And I think that, you know, when you talk about these things on a, you know, bigger scale. It does get tricky and it does get tough because everyone has their own types of stories and situations. But I think that there are certain things that really are the same. And anyone who's been in a, in a kind of, you know, place like this emotionally has felt these kind of feelings. Um, what are like those I kinds said, of feelings? Look- what,
0: what is that? What is, what is that? What does that feel like? What does that look like? You know, when you're in that when you're in that, you know, emotionally abusive situation?
1: Yeah. So um, at the, so at the start of it, it can feel amazing, right? You can feel like, oh, wow, there's a person who really gets me. They're so amazing. They're, they're, you know, they understand everything that I'm, that I feel and you share your whole life with them and you tell them all these amazing things and personal things and hard things and deep things. You know, you, you really have a connection and it feels like, wow, you know, like this, this guy, this girl, this thing, you know, this is amazing. This is an amazing, amazing, amazing experience that I'm having. It's love. It's this, it's that. And then you start to, to feel small, small, like a little bit of a tinge of, wait, is this how, how I'm supposed to feel when little, little things occur and they can be little things that could be hints they don't have to be a a huge crazy fight a blow up it could be um you know you looked at someone and they're like why'd you give that person that that look and you know you know do you do you not feel this way about me do you think that was a respectful thing to to do oh you just went and bought a uh you know bought this you know thing from the store you bought a can of beans I don't know why didn't you ask me if I wanted beans um you know why didn't you ask me if it's okay for you to have beans what, whatever it may be but these little kind of things that make you doubt your own self and think wait You know, am I, am I good at this? Am I a good wife or spouse or, or, or friend even, or whatever. And they kind of call your own self-worth into question. And then they could even go on to other things that you've told them about your life. Oh, well, you're, you're, I, um, you said that your mom also felt that way about you, that, that you, you know, were, we're X, Y, and Z to her, or, oh, is that why, you, you know, you didn't do well at work today? And they kind of try to put you down in small ways that you won't even know, you know, is this me? Is this, am I nuts? Have I lost it? Is this right? Because you don't really talk about that, you know, these small little things. When someone hears about abuse, you know, they usually hear like this girl, you know, she she has a black and blue eye, you know, she she's covered in bruises. And that's what we always think of as abuse. And yes, there are there is that type of abuse, but it doesn't start off that that way. It starts off with with us, you know, really, really, really hints, 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 hints of trying to take away your self-esteem, trying to take away your your sense of of self. and And it can be over months or sometimes even years and you wake up and you don't see who you are in the mirror because all you're trying to do is appease that person and try to prove to them that, no, I'm not stupid. I'm not, you know, I'm not a monster. I'm not crazy or horrible. So really your whole life becomes about trying to appease them and show them that you have worth. And then you, you are under their thumb and they have every single ounce of everything over you, every kind of, you know, any, you know, they, they are a king in your head and you, and you cannot breathe or sleep or say anything with, with without trying to get approval from from them or recognition or love and you're just trying to get that back the, the entire relationship where's that person who looked at me and loved me and thought that I was amazing and thought that we we were one you know we where is that love back and you need it because you need to fuel your own self-worth and at that point you usually it's like, you know, on fumes already, like it's, it's barely there. It's, it's hanging by, by a, by a thread and to get that back, you know, that's a journey. I'm sure. And also, you
0: know, because it's something that starts out, you know, nobody starts out, you know, being terrible like off the, like there, there was, there is something that makes you fall in love with this person. And then as that relationship deteriorates, and because it is, you know, it is emotional, it is to a certain extent in your head, meaning not in your head, you're imagining it, but in your head, it's not, there's, you can't point to the black and blue eye. And because you can't point to the black and blue eye, then it gets you thinking like, well, this person started out loving me. Now they don't. So I must've changed. There must be something wrong with me. I must've, I must've done something to deserve this change in treatment.
1: Right. And they play on your, your insecurities about your own self. So one of the biggest stages that they go through is, you know, oh, like, you know, I want to hear all about you and your insecurities and tell me this and, and you do. And um, they really play on that. They know a person's weak spots you know, they have a gift. People who have NPD or any of these things that can be abusive, um, they they really have a gift for when they see a person, they don't see the good, they see the negative, and they play on the person's insecurities about their own, you know, self, which is why I think that the best cure, sort of, for this kind of thing is an amazing self-esteem, because somebody who has an amazing self-esteem, who is not always taught like you're not enough by the world by their friends by anyone you know by the by their school or whatever person a person who knows i'm enough just the way i am they will spot this and they will s- smell this in seconds and they won't let themselves be in a situation like this so one of the reasons why i wanted to, to talk about that was because i saw so much of that in our in our world you know i do makeup obviously and i see girls all the time and they're stunning gorgeous girls but they need to fit into this gown or they you know they need their hair to have this many extensions because they are not taught from a young age that they're enough just the way they are, they're taught that everyone is looking at them and everyone, you know, needs them to be a certain image and and they need to go to this school and this type of seminary and they need to be with this kind of guy and marry that, you know, and wear this and it's so much pressure. And for girls like that, to be in a situation where someone is telling them that they're not enough. They're like, yeah, I know I'm not enough. I was never enough. You know, I've never been enough my whole life. Why should I be enough now for, for you? So I'm going to try harder. I'm going to work more. I'm going to be a better wife. I'm going to X, Y, and Z do everything, you know, to try and to try and get your needs met, because I know that I was never someone who can stand on my own two feet just the way I am. I always had to change. I always had to push myself to be to be accepted, and and love was not, you know, a given thing. Love was not unconditional. Love was something that you needed to earn, and acceptance was something that you needed to earn. So it all ties into a big picture. You know, it's not just about you know, oh, abuses, these things and a pamphlet of look at the scrub with the black eye. It's so it's, it plays on your insecurities and and your emotions that people have had their entire lives. Um, And yeah, that's, again, one of the reasons why, why I was like, this is something that I think we need to talk about, you know? Um, And, and as I said, like, now this has just gone and blown up. And, um, people are talking about it from all different aspects. Obviously the get aspect is a huge one. Um, but there are people who get their gets and have lived with abusive relationships for, you know, years and years and years. And, um, you know, it's all different sides of the same, of the same issue, the same coin.
0: For sure. With, with everything that has blown up recently, what has that been like for you? Has that been like kind of opening old wounds a little bit or- what 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 has that what has all of that felt like for you recently?
1: Right. So it is amazing to see, to watch, to be a part of, and I'm so blown away and impressed and proud. Um, I don't think that you know I had a major hand. I think that you guys, you know, are the ones who are really doing all the work, and I'm just you know on the side and supporting, and I'm marching with you guys, and you know, but I'm definitely you know somebody who um, who who thinks that this, this is extremely long overdue. Um, And it's so funny, because I had a lot of people who reached out to me who were going through this type of thing. And I was talking to them anyway. And now these are the women who are either, you know, one of them, actually a good friend, friend of mine, she got, she got her get because of all this thing. I mean, all these things. And then I have, you know, a a lot of friends who are still, you know, in this, you know, who are in the process of of waiting. But um, I think it's, absolutely incredible. It's absolutely amazing. Um, And I'm just so blown away and impressed. And I just hope that we can solve this one issue once and for all. There are other types of abuse that I think, you know, are much more difficult to say like, okay, this will solve it, you know, but at least with, with gets like, that's such a clear thing. There are so many things that we could do as a community. And, you know, we can totally ask, you know, for help to change some of these laws or not even to change them but kind of to make them you know a little bit easier for us to go through i you know i think that um this is one of those instances where there's a clear-cut answer so i think that we should just take that route definitely and that's one victory definitely and then as i said there are other types of abuse that will go on for years and we should start talking about those two in terms of talking about how to get people you know how to get the the information out there how to get um you know a community out out there of, of of people who understand because there's so many times there are people who tell me that they've went to this rub and that rub and their ex just said that you know or not their ex their husband at the time was like, yeah, you know, I love her and working on it. She's, she's a little bit, she's a a, a little bit emotional and sensitive. And then the, the, they end up saying to the girl, like, okay, you need help. You need to go to therapy. You need to take medication. And she knows that it's abuse. And she doesn't even know how to say it or how to express it because it can sound so crazy. Like, Really, these little things of abuse, the fact that he didn't open the door, like, you know, li- tiny little things that they could do to disrespect you and make you feel like you're dirt, you know, can seem so unimportant, you know, can seem so like crazy and ridiculous. Okay, fine. So he got upset at you. So he said this, but it's not only that, it's the way they ignore you after for two weeks or, you know, there are things that, that, that they do, it's tactics that they do that don't sound like a big deal, or they don't sound important when you're talking to someone, a rabbi, a rav, a therapist, even a lot of therapists are not trained in abuse, which is really an awful thing also. And the women, they walk around or even the men, they think that they're nuts and crazy and they don't even know how to express themselves. And, you know, that's much more difficult to kind of break down and boil down. But this with gets it's there's no excuse. You know, this is something that we can do to solve a really big issue, at least they won't have that over these people's heads, you know, over it's, their wives. It's taking heads. away
0: a tool, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it's taking away a tool. And if you are listening to this, and if you are someone who is supporting someone who is refusing a get, or yourself are refusing a get, and I know that you follow me, and I know that you're here, then um, I have some choice words for you, and do the right thing because we will come for you. the The thing that you you know, that you kept mentioning before was this, this journey of self-love that happens afterwards. Um, You know, because when you're in this situation, you're constantly doubting, am I crazy? Is this, is, am I the problem here? Is this something that I should be fixing? You know, once you, once you exit that situation, it, I, it takes a lot of time and a lot of work to build up that, to build up that image again. What right. what what was that like for you? And and what did you do to get yourself back to a spot where you could even even do something as huge as to as to go public with it and to really form a whole movement around it?
1: Right, definitely. Um, so I think that is something that takes an entire lifetime to, to work on. I think that people who have been in situations that are abusive, I think they always have that little voice in their heads right and it sometimes it's a good voice and sometimes it's a bad voice i remember when you know i first got out um i would do some something good right i would wash the dishes do little simple tasks and I would think in my head, see, I'm not a slob. See, I'm not a lazy person. I'm not stupid. I'm not useless. And I had a voice in my head that I was arguing with all the time and proving my worth to. And then I was like, who am I talking to? You know, like who am I? What am I doing? Like I've been out for six months and like I'm telling myself, see, I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I just filled up my gas, huh? You know, like I'm I'm not what, what you told me that I was. I'm, you know, I'm amazing and I'm this and I'm that. And I think that, that over time, that voice can kind of dim and, and obviously in reverse too, every time that anything bad would happen, you know, you got a parking ticket, you this, you that, oh, I am stupid. You know, I, I, I am irresponsible. I am, you know, dumb, whatever. Um, and you know, it definitely does dull a little bit over time and you definitely do get tools and you definitely, you know, when you. When you work on your your inner self worth and do things for self care, what you know whatever that might mean to you if if you do things for your own self-care and mental health and emotional health and physical health then then over time it does get better and you do start to not really like need to go back to that place where everything that you're doing is because of that abuse and you know you don't have to prove anything to anyone but I think it does take a while to get there and I've spoken to a lot of victims and I've spoken to a lot of people who are on the other end and you know have have you know done the done the work and 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 made it past this and they will tell you that you know th- this is one of the biggest struggles that yes your your you know everything can heal your wounds can heal you can get your get you can move on you can be strong but the inner emotional voice the inner voice in your head is something that never really goes away and that's the biggest thing that they have over you is how you look at your own self how you talk to yourself in the mirror how you feel about you because once that person is gone it doesn't matter it's it's you and you that are left and and they can be abusing you for years and not even you know they can be on to the next thing and whatever but in your head they they can still be abusing you for years just because they they took away your self-worth, your, your inner voice. And that's why it's so important for people to learn from a young age, that self-love is key and self-importance, you know, self-care, all of that is what I think takes you through to make you not a victim. in in any case, because once someone starts to mess up your self-worth and you have it, and you know, you, you're a person who's always been taught that you're amazing and that you're enough and, you know, and all of that, once someone puts that doubt in in your mind, it's going to be much more of a difficult thing for that to, to stick if you don't already have those doubts and those voices in your head. For uh, sure. Um, yeah. So I think that is such an important thing for, you know, to, to know for our kids, for our grandkids, for, you know, the world um, that that is, we need more of that. You know, we need yeah. a heck of a lot more of that. Right. You know, I have a sister who's in eighth grade. She's the cutest, sweetest, smartest thing in the world. And we try to tell her all the time. And, you know, she's going through her own, you know, stages where she's like, oh, you know, I can't wear this because of that. And, you know, things that you're aware of. And we tell her you are enough and you are beautiful. And honestly, in her grade and her age in eighth grade, not even in high school yet, they're already so critical and they're already, they hate Certain things about how they look, and you know, it's like, where does that come from? Why do we have this? You know, it's a disease, seriously, and it's and it's everywhere. And I'm so happy that there are people like like you who are really taking charge of taking charge and making that a, pr- a priority, because that is really the, the antidote to this. You know, when when you're a person who already has insecurities and self doubt, even if they're hushed, even if they're small and little, and you don't even think about them it's so much easier for these kinds of things to stick and so much easier for these kind of things to land. And people who actually do like, you know, who, who do look for, for people to abuse, they can see right away how to prey on, on someone's insecurities. And that's one of their biggest, biggest gifts, if you want to call it that. If, if you can call it I a mean, gift, I don't
0: yeah, know. And a weird, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if, if, the, if that's your goal, then I guess it's a gift that helps you achieve an evil
1: end goal? I don't know. Exactly. I don't really know what to call yeah, it. What's the, like the evil way of saying a gift, you know? It's, it's your evil power. Yeah, your evil, your evil power. <laughs> it, it is your evil power. Dark, dark power. In that <laughs>
0: when, you know, when you were working on, you know, getting rid of that doubtful voice in your head um, of not, you know, th- that thing you said about, you know, you're having these conversations with this voice in your head and you're like, who am I even talking to? What am I yeah. even you know, why am I still arguing with this person that I'm divorced from that I don't, that has no power over me, that is not a part in my head? Was there something specific that you did to make that voice a little less powerful?
1: I think you just have to feel it. I think with any kind of feelings in life, they're there for a reason and you have to feel them. There's no way of escaping them. You have to say, okay you know, this is how I'm feeling and that's okay, you know, and, and that's a valid thing. And I've been through X, Y, and Z, and it's going to take time and that's okay. And, you know, then you have to do things in your own life to show yourself self-care. I think that's what it really is. You know, you have to say, fine, I, I feel stupid now. Well, I'm going to, you know, do one good thing for my, for me, you know, and show, and show how I'm important to myself like I'm going to you know read a book that I really like or I'm going to you know go see my sister or I'm going to you know do things to make yourself feel like you are a priority and, um, and that you have worth and that you're enough. And, and, and sometimes it just takes affirmations, you know, to repeat things over and over again, I'm enough, I'm enough, just the way I, I am. And I know that sounds dumb and silly. But, you know, things like like that, when they actually go inside your brain and penetrate that can be an antidote to this or, or having, you know, you know, loved ones around or people around who can tell you these kind of things really do kind of change how you shape your your self-image. I know it's crazy that people, you know, we think, you know, there are people who, who say, yeah, I don't care what anyone thinks. Blah, blah, blah. That's not true. That's not how the, the brain works, okay? We we are a social animal. We really do care about everyone's opinions about ourselves. Our self-image actually is made up of a small port. Um, part of how we see ourselves but a big part is how we think that others see us and when you have people in your life who care about you and who lift you up and who tell you that you know you're amazing or not even that you're amazing but that you're special to them or whatever it it may be it's so important because it does shape how we see our own selves just just by that you don't even have to tell yourself I'm amazing when you're when you're in the mirror just choose good friends and choose good you know have a lot of people around, or even if, you know, a couple of people who, who, you know, love you and want to see you do well and want to see, you know, good things come from you. And, you know, and, and they can kind of help, you know, you through everything too. So sometimes when I'm when, when I don't feel good about me, I'll call a person who does, you know, and talk to them for a bit. And then you feel better. I mean, everyone goes through these kinds of things differently and everyone needs different things. But one thing that I think everyone does need is to know that there are people who support them and and love them. that They can, can turn to, I think that's really important. For
0: sure. For someone who may not be familiar with it. Can you tell me a little bit about scars into stars?
1: Yeah, sure. So I started a campaign um, around a year and a half ago, maybe already two years. Um, And basically, I wanted to get different types of of information out there, you know. Um, So I did a video with a therapist all about emotional abuse and how emotional abuse feels And how it can change you and manifest in your life and and in your head. And we went through the the details of really different types of emotional abuse, and and you know and and what that actually looks like. Um, I did a video with an attorney who's amazing, all about you know what what it is to get a divorce. How to get a divorce in in this state or in Jersey. We went through a few different places in the tri-state, um, what it means to get a get, how to get a get, how to know that you're gonna get your, your get. Um, you know, just different things that I just couldn't find on online when I was, when I was trying to Google things, you know, things that I only heard bits and pieces of from, from, from people here and there who I met, who I, you know, asked, there wasn't any clear place for me to get this kind of information. And I, and I was like, listen, if this is so hard for me, I don't even have kids, you know, like, or house or anything like, like, you know, this must be crazy for, for someone who let's say doesn't have, you know, a lot of, a lot of tools available and is, is thinking about a divorce and is maybe going through a really hard time emotionally. Like, how are they, going to know what to even do, what, what to even ask. And I hear so many times that people feel like, yeah, you know, I settled for this agreement because I had to, or or people who had to pay a ton of money for a divorce or, or for a get, or, or, you know, have a custody thing. That wasn't, that wasn't something that they wanted just, just because they, they were put in a corner and pressured into doing that. And I just felt like that was so wrong and so sad And if there was just one place that people could go to for some information, just as a, a, you know, a point to start, like that would be such a helpful thing. So yeah, we made a couple of videos, we had a couple of talks and, you know, um, and since then, like I've been getting tons of messages till this day, you know, of people who are like, wow, you know, like I didn't know that, you know, I was not alone. I didn't know that I wasn't, you know, the only you know, girl on the planet who felt the way that, 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 that you feel about, you know, um, this kind of a situation. And um, I've heard so many amazing, incredible things and stories and so many painful ones and hard ones that are just like, wow, you know, like things that you can't even imagine. And I think it's such a therapeutic thing for people to be able to talk about things that they've experienced with, with people who can understand. Um, And, um, yeah, and I'm really, that's one of the things that I'm most proud of that I've ever done, you know, in my life, because I think that it really, really changed a lot of people's, you know, minds and perspectives about, um, like, you know, like abusive type, you know, even like not even a marriage. I, I had a girls who sent me an email, Um, a girl who, who sent me an email just the other week about how she was engaged and she broke it off, you know because she realized her in from one of my videos and she didn't know like what, am, you know do I feel the way I'm supposed to feel? Is this a normal type of way to feel? And then she realized like, yeah, no like this is majorly not okay um and it's hard to do that it's hard to break off an engagement you know but that's when I think a lot of these things actually do come out more is is during an engagement um I've I've heard that from a lot of people how they started to see signs when they were engaged because I think that's kind of the first step where the person kind of feels like okay I got you and I can kind of start to like you know put you under my thumb a little bit because it's you know people don't want to break off engagements and and that's already the first instance of like a little bit of like a right like a little bit of nature.
0: possessiveness exactly yeah i would think yeah. that that also just the fact that you're planning a wedding which is stressful under the best of circumstances it just is that that kind of brings out if if someone has if someone is let's say prone i don't want to say they're like prone to abusive behaviors because that makes it sound like you have a cold, but like the, if, if that's something that like, I could imagine it being harder to keep it together to like, if you're putting up an act of being someone who is calm and nice and friendly, and then, you know, you add in wedding planning stress into that, then I can imagine that being a little bit more difficult.
1: Right. That could be a a factor. Um, I, I'm not sure because a lot of times people who are like, you know, have an NPD or some kind of thing that makes them abusive or, you know, some kind of a- What is an NPD? Personality issue. Narcissistic personality disorder. So a lot of these people who are abusive fall into that kind of category. There are different types of NPD, but that's basically the big umbrella term. Um, yeah, we should- not
0: know. know. See, that's, that's the thing is that, you know, when it comes to all of this stuff, I am blissfully clueless when it comes to this entire category of stuff. I am, there is nobody close to me that is even divorced. Like I, someone that I went to high school with, I found that a little while ago was getting divorced. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that's like maybe the second or third person in my life that I know. And I'm not even that close with her. Like, I just know that she got divorced
1: and It doesn't even have to be in a marriage though. It could be a person and their mom, you know, there are so many girls who grew up in situations where their mom was telling them horrible things and manipulating them and controlling them and being so abusive to them. And, you know, they just thought that that's normal, you know, and that's my mom and that's my parent or my dad, or doesn't even have to end in divorce. That doesn't even have to be that kind of relationship. It could be a friendship, even there are people who are in abusive relationships with friends, you know, there are so many times, and yes, it's not as a dangerous thing to be in a relationship with a friend that as a spouse or a husband or, or even a parent but um, it, I mean, just, you know, the amount of people that there are who have NPD and, and are abusive, and I'm sure you know a lot of people, there, there's got to be a case or two that, that you don't even know that's under the rug because yeah. they're really good at hiding it a lot a lot of the time. It could be that really cool dad who could be abusive, you know, behind closed doors, like you would never, ever know. Um, they're really good at, at hiding it. That's another one of their skills, yeah. their gifts. <laughs>
0: their evil <laughs> powers. They're really,
1: They are really good at hiding it. Yes. Yeah. As they will.
0: What are you hoping to accomplish with scars into stars and with going public with your story and, and, and speaking out?
1: Um, so what I want to accomplish is just have, you know, just to have a resource for people to go to, I know that this is not going to stop overnight. It's not anything that's going to go away. This is, you know, from the, be- beginning of time this was you know there was so much you know a, like abusive relationships and stuff that have happened from years ago that this is not just going to go away you know but I do think that with tools and and having the proper you know place to talk about them and to to engage with others who have gone through a, a similar thing that this can be you know at, at least you know brought to the, to, to, you know, to people's minds. And, and, um, and I think this get thing is another thing that can be amazing. Um, I think that that is a powerful, powerful, powerful tool that people have that abusers do have. And that's something that we can change, you know, as I said, it's very straight out, like either they, you know, have this thing over the get or they don't, they have this, you know, um, type of, uh, you know, thing to, 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 control someone else or they or they don't. So I think that that's something that's amazing that we can do straight out. Um, And yeah, just, you know, I just would love to see a generation of people who are empowered enough that they won't start to believe lies about their own selves. I think that um, the more we empower, like everyone around us and Especially the kids and the people who are young, who are you know trying to just find themselves in this this type of of world, um, the more the the less we'll hear of cases like this too. So, um, yeah, just starting a, co- a community doing things that are practical, like like the get and we're getting inf- information out there to people and to um, to empower people, especially people who are young. Yeah, I not even fall into these kind of lies and myths in the in the first place,
0: you know. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that's the case and that's what we have for us going going forward. I want to switch gears drastically for a second and talk about Sukiru Beauty. Um oh, okay. I have not had a chance to try yet because it keeps selling out so quickly and I <laughs> can't get my hands on any of the stuff that everyone says I need to try. Hurry,
1: I'll save one um, for you. Don't I, worry.
0: I gotta I gotta get my hands on this. But um I'd love to what made you decide to start your own makeup line?
1: Yeah. So it was always a passion of mine. Um, as I said, I loved working in the makeup field. I loved talking to reps and I loved the whole aspect of like, you know, trying to come up with a, with a product that was niche and exciting. Um, and I started going to different shows. Um, I, I started to meet different people who make um, you know different ingredients and manufacturers and all of that cool stuff And I was like, I'm gonna do something crazy that's always been a dream of mine and I'm just gonna jump right in um, and it's been amazing ever since then it's been it's such a treat to even like you know test different things out and I always get like different things from my lab that are sent back to me that I'm playing with and you know I do a lot of makeup every single day so I have all the time in the world to play with everything and everyone and be able to, you know see kind of like okay this shade needs to exist or this type of of liner needs to exist in the world and just doesn't um and it's really like a like a playground for my own personal artistic needs but also thank god everyone seems to be really into it the products are, are great um and yeah it's just been such a fun exciting change and project
0: I'm, I'm sure. And the stuff looks fantastic. And once I move quickly enough, when you're restocked, I will get my hands on some. The, um, th- thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and sharing your story today. If somebody wants to learn more by, about you, Batya, where can they go?
1: They can go to, to Instagram. They can um, send me an email if they want. I mean, I don't really have a lot of social media, really just Instagram. So what what's your um handle for everyone? Makeup by yeah at obviously. At <laughs> obviously easy at enough obviously. to remember.
0: Um, yeah. And the last thing that I want to ask you is what I ask everyone who comes on the show, and that is to you, <laughs> Batya Ruiz, what does it mean to make an impact?
1: Ooh, what does it mean to make an impact? Um, I think making an impact means that you can share the best parts of you with with the world, whatever that may be. So. <sighs> yeah, there are people who are amazing, you know, at talking and getting, you know, information out there from, from people and building a connection. And, you know, obviously you have a whole other brand too, and business, and that's amazing. There are, there are people who are amazing at cooking, like there's so many amazing gifts and talents in this world. So you can make an impact just by being you, you are enough, just the way you, you are, and the world needs to see more of you and what you have to offer. So just by being your best self and by you know, being kind to your own self. That's how you can make an impact. Sharing the best parts of
0: you. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on today, Batya. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Batya, her links are in the show notes. The Be Impactful podcast is a project of impact fashion, the line I created because I believe we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer. See my designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art. This is the first of a four-part series. I'll be releasing a new episode every Monday over the next four weeks. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss out. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it leave a review or a quick rating they make my day the episode art was designed by michelle moses original music composed by nissan fetman this episode was produced and hosted by me riff yitzkowitz catch me on instagram and facebook at impact.fashion.nyc as always here's to making an impact together